Welcome to Tax Wrap, the podcast of Tax and Super Australia. Each fortnight, we present news and insights to tax and SMSF practitioners. If you've got any questions, comments or even suggestions, get in touch at podcast at taxandsuperaustralia.com.au. Welcome listeners to Tax Wrap episode 205. I'm your host, Steve Burnham. Um, and I'm back at, on the phone to Ken Mansell in Canberra. Ken hosts our monthly tax update webinars, plus many other knowledge-based events and CPD products for Tax and Super Australia. He's also a self-confessed tax geek. He has um, a website which is worth looking at called Tax Rambling. And so naturally I thought he'd have an opinion or three on the Commissioner's reinvigorated focus on work-related expenses claims. Ken Mansell, thanks for being with us once again. Not a problem, right. not a problem at all. Pleasure. I, I, I wonder if you could... Um, I know I keep saying this, but I, I love having a contact in Canberra. It's, a, it's good to get the, the finger on the pulse, but um, we're coming towards the end of... Or we, uh, have we finished tax time? When did, how long does tax time go to? November, well, October for all those who are not using agents, but oh, we've right. still got all our... We've still got all our clients that we have to repair stuff for that we've got to have done by 15 May. So by we've May. got a long time to do our interview. Yeah, but, but still, there's been a few trends, I suppose, with tax time this, this year. And um, I did note that in, in the ATO, in its, some of its communication material that it sent out there, was uh, uh, getting, um, must have employed some creative marketing types. They had a, a talking about uh, uh, deductions and work related ex- expenses. Um, had a headline, I think, that says "Stress less if you, if you have nothing to confess." Um, that's a good line. Um, yeah, what what do they mean? The same people, I think it's for the same people who gave it "Project Do It." Declare <laughs> offshore income today. Project Do It. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Stress less if you have nothing to confess, and Project Do It. There's some good marketing people there. It, it, it's though it's <laughs> an interesting headline. Stress less if you have nothing to confess. It, it has a has a, a secondary meaning to my mind. Like, well, if you if you do have something to confess, you you maybe you should stress. What are they talking about? Yeah, it, it's, it's work-related deductions. And I know every year when you hear the ATO has on its compliance programs work-related deductions and people scoff. <laughs> but the commissioner is, has a real bee in his bonnet, mm-hmm. like I have never seen a commissioner before, about work-related deductions. And he's, he's already come out and said this is the first year, whether it's electronic or whether it's eyes, Hmm. every single individual return that claims work-related deductions of any amount will go through some form of review. Really? So in previous years, they won't explain what that actually means because they definitely don't want to give us... Too the, many clues. Yeah, they don't want to give us the factors that we can work our way yeah. through. But this is the first year where every single claim is going for some type of review. So you can tell your clients, you claim a dollar of work-related deduction. You claim three hundred dollars of unsubstantiated work-related deduction. Yeah, it's still going through some black box somewhere. To, some some to filter. Yeah, oh. that, that, that's oh, it's all yours. No, no, it's just it, it kind of a, it doesn't astound me. But I mean, is it worth that much tax review deduction? Yeah, well, sorry. thank you. I love the leading question. That's exactly <laughs> where I was going to go. Right. Um, uh, Last year, um, the commissioner did an analysis of individuals who are not in business, so they don't have any business income in their return. Yeah. And he actually got about a thousand, I think it was, there we go, 1,403 returns randomly chosen okay. 
by an independent body, an independent marketing body, research body, yep. to represent the Australian taxpayers. Okay. So they worked out that about 70% of or more tax returns are lodged by tax agents. So they chose 70% of that 1,400 were tax agent prepared returns and 30 were not. And they had them in different uh, income brackets as well. But they went through them all and they went and did the full absolute to the nth degree audit on every one of those returns, Ugh, yep. including offering the people no penalties. Oh, okay. So yep. you've, been, you've been randomly chosen. We will expect you to pay any tax that's outstanding, but there will be no penalties. And look, I know, I know two of those 1,403 returns. Really? Okay. And, um, yeah. And in both cases, the ATO found adjustments. Huh. But that's not surprising because they found lots of adjustments and when they take the adjustments that they found from that representative sample of 1,403 and they extrapolate that out to the whole of this non-business just PAYG employees kind of stuff oh yeah they multiplied what they found yeah it means that each year I was going to say illegally but I'll say incorrectly Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) these individuals incorrectly didn't pay 8.4 billion dollars in tax 8.4 8.4 billion. billion dollars in tax. That's another NDIS, National Disability Insurance Scheme, wow. that you could fund if everyone correctly claimed their what they're entitled work to related deductions. Just individuals. It's yeah. really funny because, and this is just my pet hate, um, having worked for the Labor Party, and now I've given away my allegiances here, right. everyone always says, oh, we can afford a new whatever it is. The government should spend money on this, and I've always, as I've always worked for the treasurer or the assistant treasurer, I've always said, "Well, where do you raise money from?" And they go, "Oh, from those, from those evil multinationals that aren't paying enough tax." <laughs> right, right. Well, those evil multinationals, using the same methodology, uh, avoid 1.8 billion dollars a year, but those evil employees <laughs> avoid 8.4 billion dollars a year. That's amazing. So, yeah. It's a, and there's many more of them, therefore a lot of little mistakes, not incorrect uh, claims yep. uh, add up to that. That's, a, that's amazing. That's an amazing figure. One, be politically correct. We better just keep saying incorrect. Incorrect, not illegal. No, no, no. Illegal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, An over, so oversight. The funny thing was, of those 1,400, 75% had some form of adjustment. Hmm. Now, some of those adjustments were non-declared income. There was only a few of them. Some of those adjustments were rental properties done incorrectly, but the majority of those adjustments were work-related expenses. Yep. And here's the scary bit. 80% adjustment rate in tax agent-prepared returns, 61% ah. adjustment rate in self-prepared returns, and the numbers were higher. The mistakes per return were substantially higher in the tax agent-prepared return yep. rather than the self um, prepare. Self, self-preparers. And I know every, every, when, you, when someone quotes your numbers, you always go, it's coming out of the ATO, it's biased, they're picking on tax agents, things like that. No. These, these were, these, that's what I thought when I first read it. I did a bit of research. This, the, the 1,403 were chosen by an independent research body. Yeah, yeah. So they, they may have audited the tax agents harder than they did the self. I don't know. I can't judge that. Yeah. But... 
at least the, the choice of people is a representative sample. Well, no, I should say, it's about the same that you get for a political poll. And we know that, we know that opinion polls for elections are always 100% accurate and always go exactly <laughs> as we expect. Don't they just? We've just seen that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, although, I mean, my thought is that if you're self-prepared, perhaps you're a little bit more timid about making claims for this, that and the other, but a practitioner will say, oh, yes, let's try this, let's try that. Um, yeah. I don't know, that's and, my thought. And I know a lot of, when I've mentioned this to a lot of agents, they go, look, we can only declare what we're told. And if someone tells me that oh, they spent this and it wasn't reimbursed by their employer, yep. and then we discover the employer was reimbursing it, or if someone tells me that that course directly relates to their job, true. but then, so yeah, as, as your engagement letter says with the individual, I'm only basing this return on what you tell me. You tell me lies. Yeah. And that, but it's an interesting thing. I, I think, and this is, I've got no evidence for this, I think a lot of people think that if they can fool their tax agent into getting a deduction... Oh, that it's okay. Then it's okay. <laughs> Whereas they don't realise you've got to fool the ATO to get your... Oh, no, no, sorry. You shouldn't fool anyone to claim but, your But deduction. if the But if the ATO, if the Commissioner's serious about um, clamping down on, on incorrectness in um, claiming work-related work expense deductions, I mean, the guidance must be pristine, you would hope. Yeah, yep. um, and, and, that's, and that's what he's, he's, he's working on at the moment. So he's put out a, a few little things, but recently he's put out a, a new draft ruling. It'll be final soon, and it's called Deductions for Work Expenses under Section 8.1 of the... It is really just for work-related expenses. Okay. The best part about it is... If you go right to the bottom of it, and I'll come back to some of the things in the ruling I said, if you go right to the bottom, it's actually got an appendix with a hyperlinks in it that covers every ruling, every practice statement, everything that the commissioner thinks you could ever need, uh, ATOID, oh, yeah, state yeah. law administration, on, on, top, on the topic. So there's a link there to travel and car expenses. We click on that, it's got all the rulings on that. Or if you want to know about physical fitness expenses for someone who thinks that they have to be fit so that they can walk up the stairs in their accounting office. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. You click on the link. Yeah. The challenge is someone says to you, oh, look, I've been told that I can claim, you know, this self-education, this laundry expense, this whatever mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. And you're going, look, I know you can't, but you're just going to keep screaming at me. But this ruling, so it's, I should say the name. Let me yes, please. What's, what's it? Like, it it's, it's currently TR 2019 slash D4. So okay. D4 is what it is for 19. But yep. you can click on the link and it takes you to all of the various rulings that cover that area. Yep. So it is a, it is a one-stop shop. The commission is going to keep updating it. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose if they're going to clamp down on these things, I've got to have a guidance. So that, that's good. That answers my question. That's, that's terrific. Yeah. I mean, it, sound, few, it sounds daunting. In the ruling as well, in the ruling as well, they've actually done the kind of the general thing as well. So it's a general ruling on deduction. Oh, you know, I see. It says that you have to incur the expense, yep. i.e. you can't actually have your employer reimburse you and things like that. It's yep. got all the basics in it. But there's two really interesting parts of the ruling that... that a, there hasn't been a lot of guidance on that they've now provided guidance on. And the first of those two is the, but what if my boss tells me I have to, that argument. My oh, boss yeah. says I have to do this, so therefore I can claim a deduction for it. So well, what, I, starts, I, have, I have to wear a pink T-shirt to work, therefore I should claim the pink T-shirt? 
that's the classic one. It's always the waiters and waitresses yeah. who say, I'm told I have to wear a white collared shirt, black trousers and black shoes, so therefore I can claim deductions for buying and cleaning white collared shirt, black. And the commissioner says straight up, not with, quote, not with, I've just opened it up, it's the ruling, notwithstanding the employer's specific instructions, Kane, who's the person in the example, clothing require, remains conventional, maintains its private nature, and is not expenditure incurred in gaining his employment income. Right. So Kane can't claim the justice, just because the boss says you have to, if it still has a private nature, right. you can't do it. And it's like a, a, you, you, you need to get a driver's license to do this job. Well, the boss says, I need to have a driver's license. But that's still got a private nature, your driver's license. Just because your boss says you need to have it, yeah. you can't claim it. Oh, you need to be presented very well. You need to look really good. So I can't claim my makeup or my haircuts or my. Right. just because I have to look good for my job. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I, I should say that I, I mentioned this at a. I was doing some stuff for the Real Estate Institute online, and I mentioned this in passing. And given the number of people who wrote in the little feedback form, you type in your questions, who yeah. disagreed with me that they can claim haircuts and things like that. I assume in the real estate industry, claiming deductions for your haircuts is very common based on the, uh, on the response. Of that yeah. Back. <laughs> yeah. So, and they take it even further. They've got the example in there of someone who's a, a receptionist in a dental practice, yep. but they encourage the person to go get their you know, certificate three in dental assisting. So at the end of the day, once the practice closes, they can come in and help or if they can come in and do a second job. Even though the boss has said, please do this, no, this would be great, it's still to get a new job, which is working as a dental assistant rather than a receptionist. So oh, yeah. You can't claim that. Hmm. And the last example I love is you've got the courier, the guy who drives the courier, and the rules are that if it breaks down, you don't fix it. That's not your job. But Barry, in the example, is a typical Barry. So does Barry ever get someone else to fix his cars for him? <laughs> no. Barry fixes it himself. So he, he always carries around his tool set and he wants to claim a deduction for it. No. So oh. it's outside the scope of the duties yeah. that you've got, so therefore you can't claim a deduction for it. And I should say all these examples are probably, almost certainly from what I've been told, examples they found in those 1,403 tax returns that they oh, of course. reviewed. Yeah. yeah, why not? I mean, they're real life examples. But, yeah. um, but it's amazing. I, mean, I love examples because like Barry who has a courier van and has his tools in the back because it just shows you, it, it illustrates the, these yep. rules, etc. Yeah. The second thing in the ruling that is just, this is going to cause angst everywhere. And look, I've been the tax manager for very large listed companies, both on the Australian Stock Exchange and the US Stock Exchange. Yep. And you always get the same question. We need, Steve, we need you to fly to, um, we need you to fly to Sydney, New York, wherever it is, for a two-day meeting. We need you there. So if yep. I'm flying you to New York for two days, Steve, that's yep. a Thursday and a Friday, um, when do you want me to book the flights to come in and leave? Right. And now I say, give me a weekend or... Yeah. That's, <laughs> it, everyone wants to attach their holiday at the back end of it. And right. it doesn't cost you any more. It's probably cheaper to buy the flight on a Sunday 
afternoon rather than a Friday evening. Yep. Let me read this. And that's always, in Australia, it's a real problem because of FBT. When I've done it for the US, well, if there's, if there's any tax, then they're supposed to include it in their individual tax returns. Oh, right. So yeah. we don't have to worry about it. But in Australia, if, is there any FBT? And you get, you get ridiculous examples where people say, look, uh, I've found that there's a one-hour meeting in Cairns that I need to go to. Would you mind if the flight came back three weeks later? Because <laughs> I'm going to spend three weeks on the, on the, up at the Great Barrier Reef. Yeah, yep. Look, we know that kind of stuff is going to be a problem. But have a look at this example from the ruling. William Page, oh, no, I've got the wrong. Here is Toby is required to go on a work trip to Sydney for two days to attend a national meeting. He decides to stay in Sydney for an additional two days on personal leave to have a holiday. He paid the same rate for each day accommodation, but when he claims his travel for the accommodation, he only claims the two days where he's there for work purposes. That's all good, yep. but it's this sentence. He also needs to apportion the cost of his flights and only claim 50% of the costs, as only half of the journey was work-related. He flies up there for a two-day meeting, hangs around for two more days at yep. the end, and the ATO is saying half of that trip is non-deductible. But if he had not hung around and just came back on the Friday night... It would have all been deductible? Absolutely. Well, that's... Okay, that's strange. <laughs> I know. but and, and everyone goes, I don't have too many people who pay for their own flights, but think about the employer. Oh. The employer who now has, because it's not otherwise deductible. Sure. It, the otherwise deductible rule means that I'm only claiming an FBT exemption for half of those flights now. I'm paying FBT on half of those flights. Right. This is... The commissioners, all he said before this that we've got in writing is if the holiday component or the private component is minor, then that's okay. So if it's actually, it's, it's, it's um, uh, incidental, that's the word. Incidental. It's incidental. And as a general rule, like when I worked for a defence contractor where we were very risk averse, yep. incidental to me was first thing, it has to be. Don't even come to me and ask if it's less than the business. So if the business travel is for a week, I want it to be less than a week before I'd even think about considering whether you can stay on for a holiday. Yeah. So yeah. if you're there for a week, a weekend is probably incidental, is what I've been saying for a very risk-averse taxpayer yeah. whose only customer is the Department of Defence. And if we got caught being dodgy with tax we'd lose our only customer. So you can see why defence contractors pay their tax. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. But this here says that even that that 50-50 isn't incidental, that this person's up there for a two-day business meeting, stay for two days holiday, yeah. that's not incidental. You have to apportion it. And, and I don't think anyone's been doing this. And the, 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 the whole term incidental, I mean, uh, requires definition, I would have thought. But um... Yep. Well, there's no, there's no word incidental in these... In this new ruling, the new ruling, the new no. ruling just yeah. says you have to apportion it for the private use, and yeah. then gives an example of a two-day meeting and a two-day weekend, and says bad luck apportion yeah. it. Yeah, taxation ruling T twenty nineteen slash D four. So it's a draft. Is this on on the same table as that as all the other legislation that's swirling around Canberra at the moment? Is it being voted on soon or? Well, so the commissioner can this that doesn't get voted on. The commission has just put it out for comment oh. and people will scream and yell about it, but this is what he wants now. Sorry, this that's is, right. It's a ruling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, is his, this, is, this is the way I'm going to order it. Mm. I disagree with the commissioner's position. Well, if you want to claim it, just tell your client how much it's going to cost for you to run the AAT case. Yeah. 
to prove him wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, because his, this is his position now on work-related expenses. Yeah, yeah. Now, it, has there been a, a recent, any recent cases where um, work-related deductions have just been outright denied because of the the, the new rules and new yeah. regime? Or yep, in the there, there's, there's been a few AAT cases. The, the most uh, the most recent one is is a Reed, is the Reed case in the AAT. Right. Um, he, he worked for multiple companies and claimed large in a tax agent prepared return again claimed large deductions, motor vehicle deductions about twenty five thousand dollars a year. Yep. and other work-related deductions, about $16,000 a year. So they're, they're pretty big numbers. And um, it really came down to what the big issues the Commissioner found in the ones that were wrong. It was about substantiating what they claimed. So okay. he claimed that he had a 91% business use of a car. And that might have been possible because he had two cars. And he said, look, one car was only ever private. Yep. And one car was supposed to only be business, but I acknowledge that I drove some places. Well, that's okay. Okay. Show us, show us your, show us your substantiation. Right. Show us your log logbook. Book. Right. And the problem was the logbook was incomplete. It didn't have the period that it required. Right. There were entries that were exactly the same over and over and over and oh, over right. again. Yeah. And it didn't make sense given his profession that he drove exactly the same thing. And there are entries that the ATO could prove were wrong in right. that he had gone overseas. And during that period while he was overseas, somehow he drove his car in Australia. Oh, I see. For, yeah. So, but understand, the ATO went to the Department of Immigration to find out if he was overseas to compare it against the, this is the kind of stuff that they're doing to prove it wrong. So, yeah. understand, you get, you get 5,000 kilometres at 60 Seven, I should know the number, 69 cents. It's I gone up recently, what yeah. Whatever it is. <laughs> yep. Seriously, it's in a spreadsheet. <laughs> so he, he didn't get, he got like, he got $3,000 rather than um, $25,000 on his car because of substantiation. Right. What you've told me makes sense that, yes, you've got one car you drive privately and one car you drive business, so therefore 91% makes sense. But makes sense isn't good enough. Division 900 says, you have to have substantiation or it's not deductible. Gee. And if you haven't got the right substantiation, it's not deductible. At all. That's it. It's off the table. Yep. And mm. on the other stuff, so he claimed home office expenses. Yeah, yeah. And he claimed instead of, you know, the, the 56 cents, I hope I've got that number right as well. Oh, he claimed a proportion claimed, of uh, whatever. Yeah, he, he claimed... 30% of all the rent and uh, electricity and all that stuff, yeah. arguing that he had used 30% of his house to run the business. And again, while the ATO, there were probably arguments, I don't know if there were, um, there were probably arguments that maybe 30% of the house made sense, yeah. he's got to show that he actually used it, that he had some evidence that he'd actually kept a um, diary with the pattern of usage. Huh. And he didn't have it. He could say, I think I do this many hours here and probably as a... That's not the substantiation you have to have. So in other words, on the stuff that he could substantiate, that yeah. he was actually working there, he got 56 cents an hour. And instead of claiming... I've got the number here. Instead of claiming $6,605, he probably got about 350 or something like that. Gosh. And... um. It's, it's, it's almost worth sounding like if you have a home office, put some CCTV in and show that to the... Uh... Well, 
it's, it's keeping it's keeping the diaries mm. contemporaneously to prove that you do this stuff. If you're going to claim more than the the stuff that's easy, which is the cents per kilometre or the... But they're really yeah. small. You think 56 cents an hour yeah. for your home office, if you work in your home for two hours every day, that's a dollar worth of deductions. That's $5 <laughs> a week. That's $250 a year of deductions. Yeah. Even at the highest marginal tax rate, that's $125 less tax. It's not, yeah, worth, it's, not it's, worth it, is it? Well, it's, it's probably not worth it, which is why he's probably saying, I spent $22,000 on rent of this house, I want to claim 30% of it, get $6,000 worth of deduction. Right, right. But, but, and this, this is the substantiation point. The last one is the big one. Because <clears throat> while I haven't done... People listen to this have probably done 20 times more individual returns than I've done. Because I've always been in the big firms and you only do the individual returns when they're a part of the... You do it the business and yeah. the trust and the super fund. Okay. But everyone always comes in and says, all the rich people... <laughs> I buy the financial review every day, and I know now that they buy it online, which is different, but I buy the financial review every day, and that cost me, when I started, a dollar. That was a long time ago. $2.50 now. You know, it cost me to buy this every day. Uh, I use it in my business. I read about what's going on. I yep. want to claim a deduction for yep. it. And again, to quote from the ATO, this guy claims newspaper journals, what have I got? He probably claimed $1,000 of all that stuff. Yep. Cost newspaper and journals. But the way he worked it out was how much a day did he think he spent three bucks a day, five days a week and all that kind of stuff. That's the way he worked it out. So they said all of this stuff may have been useful for Mr. Reed's purpose of his employment. The evidence, the evidence does not address to which extent they were useful. There are no receipts. Mr. Reed has not provided subsi- sufficient substantiation to claim the purported expense. Huh. Just so, like that. If, yeah. yeah. Bad luck. Even if he could have shown how useful the Finn review was yeah. every single day for the work that he was doing, if he's not going to provide receipts, and yes, there's the $300 where you don't have to provide receipts, yeah. you've got to justify what it was, but once you get into numbers where it's about 1000 bucks, once you get into anything that's substantial, if you don't have substantiation, you're gone. And so when you hear those original numbers that, you know, 80% of agent returns and 61% of self-prepared returns yeah. had adjustments for work-related deductions, and a bit less than that, because some of them were for rental properties and some of them were for undeclared income, yeah. it starts to make sense if you assume that people just aren't keeping records. They're just making guesstimates and which, saying which, this. Which, and, which has obviously yeah. worked, worked in the past. I mean, it's just been a, a usual sort of thing, you know, claiming newspapers, etc. But not anymore, yeah. you think? I was, I was speaking to a, a rather large accounting firm recently that actually is second tier, so they do a lot more tax returns than individual tax returns. Right. And the senior partner said, guys, we, from now on, we claim actuals and we claim actuals of cited receipts other than the $300. And that's it. So we're saying, you're saying to all of the juniors in the firm, yeah. do not give me this newspaper's $3 a day, if they don't have something that shows they spent that on newspapers, if they're just grabbing the coins out of their pocket, yeah, yeah. stuffed. Tell them, get a receipt every year and bring them in next year. Oh my That's God. the reaction that some of the big firms are doing to this. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. It's just more work, isn't it, for everyone? But still. It, 
It's a lot more work, but you've got to remember, I know everyone complains about, oh, it's going to be too hard, it's not going to be worth doing individual returns, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's $8.4 billion a year. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 I know we have a, a, a consolidated revenue of tax of almost $600 billion, so it's only just over 1% of everything the governments collect mm. in tax. Mm. So it's not a lot, but it is 1% of all of the government's um, Revenue, and yes, exactly. We could we could have another. We could just double the national disability insurance scheme today. Yep, yep. If people claimed what they were supposed to claim, given the the, the documentation that yeah. they actually have yeah. available. I just imagine the infrastructure, all yeah. all that sort of thing. Yep. Oh, oh, you've tied me out, Ken. That's um, it's um, <laughs> it's good to know, though. I mean, it's it's a, it's a funny, it's a changing regime. Tax changes all the time, and it's just something you've got to learn to to deal with, I suppose, as practitioners. If there's one year where you are going to do all your individual work-related deductions correct, yep. If you're just going to do it for one year, this is the year to do it. 2019-20. Yep. yep. Absolutely. These returns. This is the year to not push anything on anyone and if anyone complains say an audit will cost you of my time four and a half thousand (laughs) dollars yeah yeah given that alternative as an option yeah all right ken look you've been very very informative today thank you for your time not a problem i hope to to tap that knowledge again sometime in the future thanks very much all good thanks bye